All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And with real estate, there's a lot of different ways to make money. And some people decide, I'm going to get all the money. I'm going to work with everyone. And networking is one of the most powerful tools and ultimately one of the most underutilized ways to make money in real estate. And today on the show, um, I've got the power couple here that are going to tell you how we make money everywhere we go. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing good. Hey, Thanks for having us on. Yeah, no problem. So one thing we forgot to do is we forgot to put uh, both names in the thing. So I've got Mickey and... I'm Sherry. Sherry uh, Patterson. That's correct. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. So um, when when you get to that level where you're doing all of the things, it's an inevitable thing when you start to really dive in and eventually get submerged in real estate where it's everything you do. And probably every time you go to a dinner party with your family, they're like, okay, more real estate. Like what about it? What else? Cause we get the, I get the same thing when me and my aunt get connected at the, at the Thanksgiving table, but how did it get started? How did you get into real estate right at the ground level? Where was that? Well, I think it was back uh, probably the close to the 2008 crash as far as the the housing market and, we got started with the group Lifestyles Unlimited and really just dabbling into it, trying to figure out, hey, what is this space? Can Is it something that we can do or make money at? And we spent really a couple of years of analysis, paralysis, mostly my part on the, on the uh, paralysis part, but just overanalyzing things and finally got some good advice just to just get off your butt and make it happen. Just to find a deal, invest in it. And then really once we did that, you know, that deal was really a catalyst for, and especially Sherry, who jumped in full time at that point. And you can kind of talk more about that. Well, I think I was listening to a Bigger Pockets podcast and I had been education, education, education. And then finally I was listening to one and said, you know what, you can educate yourself to death, but your best education is going to be just get out and do it. You know, you just do it. And that kind of kicked me in the butt. The very next day I went out and found a property and bought that house. Well, that was some real education because I bought a house that was built in 1890. So my very first flip was a historic home. So I learned a whole lot. I was over there all day, every day with the workers. I physically rehabbed that house myself. And I only lost $17,000 on the sale. So, (laughs) um, you know, I tell all my clients, education is expensive. You can Mm -hmm. either pay a mentor for that and learn from them and get the education and and do it right and make a profit to begin with. Or you can get out there and just do it and lose the money through the education. My second flip was also a historic home and I only lost 12,000. So I got better, but (laughs) uh, it was, it was a process of learning how to do it and what things cost. But even though those were expensive losses, I did learn a lot. And, I, you know, obviously that's a mistake. As a newbie, you should not go out and get a historic home that you take down to the studs. Yeah, but, you end up uh, running into the city a lot of times. Yes, and, yeah. but I learned so much because I did basically build a house from ground up twice. And so it was it was a lot of education and a lot of learning experience. And that's basically how it happened. And then I got my real estate license really just for us as an investor. And then I learned very quickly that 
there's no reason to have your license unless you're going to do it with other people because it's very expensive to keep it up with your continuing education and all your mm-hmm. local state and national associations and everything. And um, then I started uh, impact. I started trying to look for a bigger pockets networking group. And back then there just wasn't any, I couldn't find any around here. And again, not really knowing what I was doing. I used to do um, event planning. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't find a group. So I thought, you know what? I'll just bring them to me. There's no there's no reason to reinvent the wheel when people are already out there and successful. You know, why am I spending so much time trying to figure out how to do this? I'm going to bring the smart people to me. So I started planning an event, my very first networking event. I had six people. Panera, and Panera Bread? At Panera Bread, yeah. which not everybody knows what <laughs> hey, that is. But I, I, just I definitely do, yeah. It's yes. And so... um uh, 10 years now, we had our 10 year anniversary last month. And uh, so we've been doing meetings every month for 10 years. And so I did, I brought the people to me and that's what really then launched my career as doing specializing in investment real estate. And that's all I've ever done is investment real estate. And so for, for all that, for the last 10 years, we've done pretty much everything. And you're still carrying the license or did you decide to give it up? No, I still have a license. I am a broker now uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and but I do deals all over Texas and all the way from, again, helping people find wholesale deals, flips, so the smaller deals all the way up to syndicated apartments. We do land subdivisions. Yeah, and, and I think kind of just even to touch on the brokerage part, one of the things that I think really helped with that and, and what she was doing is the turnkey services where you know, someone from California, out of state or wherever was just- I have say, clients in Dubai, yeah, in just China. Pretty much just say, hey, I've got this amount of money. Go find a deal. You do the analysis on it. You do the underwriting. Tell me if it's a good deal. So I, I think that was a, a niche that, that she was able to really carve out. I would work with her on the backside, typically as more um, number crunching uh, right. and, and the analytics piece. But then the delivery was really just- a turnkey service so they could analyze the deals find a good deal also property manage for the deal so really it was it's as you know 10 years ago especially this was an early thing as far as hey i just want somebody to go do everything for me and then mail me a check when the money comes in yeah so i'd find the property i have a full team of inspectors title lenders whatever you need so i get them to closing then i do the property management we do any repairs for it and get it done so, and again, whether it's a small project or a big project. Okay. So like, like we said at the top, definitely touching on everything and making, cause there's money everywhere in real estate and real estate adjacent services. Um, you're in a great market to be doing that. Cause people really love the weather, a Texas, they love the weather, but B they really love the, the value and the price point. And, you know, there's a lot going for real estate in Texas now, what do you when it comes to real estate? What do you think you 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 your secret sauce is like? What comes easily to you guys that other people might find difficult? I, I think the one that we've had the most success with, or that's been unique a bit, is the creative deal making. Mm-hmm. Going because of the experience in a lot of different areas, like she mentioned, the wholesaling, flipping, land deals, apartments, uh, RV parks. Being able to go into a scenario where you have to be creative on the front end on the buying, working with mm-hmm. the sellers and maybe help them get out of a situation that might be 
building them a new house. We we actually have a custom home building company that we that we run as well. And then tying that into a purchase that we might do a syndication on and and a land development tied to it. So it's and we also be, work with a mortgage company, so we can also do their lending. So I, I think the the ability to go into a any unique scenario and and have some kind of deal or project to work out of it is is really huge because it's really easy to get tied into. Well, I do this and I do this really well. But if that's not what needs to be done, then I can't vision or I can't uh, envision yeah, the idea. Can sell a property, but then if that place, that person has no place to go, well, then, you know, we're not just buying and selling like conventional real estate because it's different. You know, we we help them out of a financial situation a lot of time. We, if they're being foreclosed on, we bring that up to date, then we can help them then to relocate. You know, right now we've got a deal where we're buying them land, we're developing their land, buying them different land, building them a house, getting them moved and then selling off the lots. But then also with creative financing, um, so many deals just can't get done because somebody can't get financing. So we're really good at finding creative ways to make the deal work that if we mm -hmm. can't do it, I know someone who can, whether it be from note buying or getting a few investors together to buy something out. Um, or again, with some other people that do hard money or whatever it may be, we also do hard money loans or bridge loans, or, you know, we're paying off somebody's credit cards right now to, for them to be able to afford to do something else because we were able mm -hmm. to find somebody that can take over their debt. So, or credit repair. And so just the whole gamut. So w with, you know, with all you've done so far in real estate, what would you say your biggest challenge is these days? Right. I probably had to figure out which part it is. I think right now finding finding deals that have good cash flow. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly in the multifamily space, we've we've tried to be really aware of moving in different directions, hence the land development or or RV parks uh, and spaces like that. The the multifamily market is really challenging right now. The the interest rate combined with high yeah. insurance, there it's really making the deals challenging to cash flow for the investors. And then I think even on the single family and 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 parts that you might have an investor doing their own project and working with them, it's just making the numbers work is really the uh, the biggest challenge. And I think it puts a lot more work on being very diligent on the underwriting process mm -hmm. and and being careful with your assumptions. I, I think in the you know last year or two, it was really easy to assume well, these things are going to appreciate. My rates are going to go up and I'm going to get all these good benefits. And yeah. now I think the 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 level of- uh, Certainty you know, of, of what's coming up, people just don't know. Right. And yeah. a lot of investors are very hesitant to invest their money right now because things are more expensive. We're coming out of the seller's market and everyone has just jacked up their prices crazy. And people still think now that's the value of their home. And yeah. people aren't wanting to still pay those prices as buyers. And with the interest rates up, there's a lot of investors that are just, you know what, we're just going to wait we're it out. We're just going to sit this year out. Yeah, they're going to yes. take a knee and, and so, just run out the clock on this. Right. Exactly. So finding a deal that make that the numbers work and there's a good ROI is difficult then to try to find something for the investors that do want to buy. So how are you guys overcoming that obstacle these days? I think the, the the biggest one is being flexible in the asset class you're going after. Uh, 
whereas we would like to target some of the spaces in multifamily, for example, we we moved and acquired a, a few RV parks. We were doing some land development deals. Uh, I think the main thing is being flexible enough to move into adjacent asset groups mm-hmm. and look for those opportunities. And, and then, like we mentioned earlier, finding ways to be creative. Uh, there's sometimes where people may have a challenge of the finance and where they're at, and maybe they can't get a new loan on the property, but if they've got a short-term place they can move into for six months to bridge a gap, well, then you figure out how to help them in the whole process and to make the deals work. You're finding a loans that are assumable and things yeah. like yeah. that. So again, just being creative with finding deals and making them work for the seller and the buyer. So with all these creative deals going around and the different things you're working on, what are you guys doing right now to fund the deals that you're working on? So uh, probably like a lot of this indicator is, is really just getting out, reaching out to our network of uh, people that we work with, trying to expand our networks. Hence, uh, this, this is, a, you know, obviously being mm-hmm. on the show with you is this part of that outreach and, and trying to expand our reach. Uh, I think that's really the biggest. Sherry does, as she mentioned earlier, with her investment group and the meetup she has is, you know, additional reach for people. But I, I think it's really just spending the time and effort to let people know, hey, this is what we're doing. We're actually raising money for these things. Here's mm-hmm. how you can be involved and here's how you can benefit uh, from these same projects. And we can all build this stuff together. So with private money, as well as we're working with um, another a mortgage company that does provide hard money lending. And so uh, Mickey is a mortgage broker for them and we can do hard money loans, bridge loans. We can even do long-term loans. Uh, We also, um, again, have several people that we work with that have um, their, what am I trying to say? Uh, Self-directed IRA. Sorry, Mm -hmm. losing my mind here. So we work with several companies. We're going to speak at one here very soon again and helping people to understand that they can use their IRA for real estate or for other types of investment. We're not even real estate agnostic. We're about what is the return on on investment, whatever that investment may be. So Mm -hmm. helping investors to learn that they can invest with their IRAs. Yeah, that's a that's a big uh uh, emerging thing because these people have been saving for a while. They've been, and the interest rate, like the returns on those uh, against what you can get in real estate. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's like anything with more risk comes more responsibility, but there's certainly, um, you know, the higher up the responsibility chain, the more money you can make. So, um, definitely that's an emerging thing. So when you look at, um, one thing I wanted to make, make sure that you let people know, tell us about, cause there's a lot of people uh, who listen, especially in the Texas area, especially on the West coast. Tell us a little bit more about the, the meetup group that you're running. So it's called impact live. Um, I am the largest REI group in the DFW area. Prior to COVID, we were doing three cities a month. Um, we're trying to get back to that, but I think people have just gotten lazy to be quite honest. You know, we were at yeah. about 75 to hundred people at just one of my, the main city that I do now. I have hold it at Dave and Buster's in Euless, Texas, the fourth Monday of every month. And, you know, we had a, currently we're, we're getting a really big, I guess, network that comes in, but not anywhere near what we were previously. So we're still growing that back again, but again, we've been doing meetings for 10 years. 
We have a lot of networking at the beginning. So people have time to meet each other. We have an app that we use so that everybody that registers, they exchange information. And mm -hmm. so they have a way to get a hold of other people that were at the event that they met. So you're not having to keep it up with everybody's cards and they have the yeah. vendors and exhibitors information as well. And then we do have a speaker at every event on a different topic. So it's always free education. We provide dinner. So they get a free dinner and it it's a great event. We have all the way from newbies to syndicators and commercial and all kinds of people there. So it's a really great group and a really uh, great place for people to learn and to help grow their network and their portfolio. And so I think just one thing to add to that just is that, or to highlight, I guess, is that as she mentioned, each there's different topics each month, but it covers kind of that whole gamut of, of the services that we work with people on, whether it be the 401k and IRA investments, the education on insurance and taxes and things to be aware of, or things like cost segregation, things that people can take advantage of, uh, you know, leveraging some of these write-offs and things like that. So it's, they're very educational, but also very specifically, none of the, or not a nice way to say it, guru sales, where they're not being aggressively marketed towards buy this program, buy this program. Yes. Mm. We don't allow any guru sales. We're not selling anything. We just teach them how to make money. You know, we, uh, infinity banking and how to put their properties in a trust and just different ways that again, they can grow their portfolio. Um, we talk about RV parks. We talk about even just renting RVs, you know, people that want to invest, but say, I've got $10,000. I can't do yeah. anything. I said, well, of course you can. You know, you could go buy an RV off of Facebook, fix it up a little bit and rent it out every weekend. So I'm very yeah. creative. We have tiny houses. We own five tiny houses. So we rent those out. We do short-term rentals. And so I'm always, again, very creative with what people can do with what they have. Yeah, it's very, uh, you know, real estate is probably the the one space where creativity turns into, you know, a lot of times in our jobs, creativity is not rewarded, but in real estate, um, it's probably one of the most rewarding things. So real quick, before we move on to the next thing, sure. how do they find the the group and uh, is there a cost? No, they are free meetings and they can find us on currently on meetup.com. It's impact live grapevine. And that's the, uh, also on my website at aspire realty team.com. So you know, we are talking a lot about expanding um, the network of perspe prospective investors and people that looking in your direction. For someone who's thinking about getting into networking, what are some tips that you can help them with maybe as they think about going to your event or maybe someone who's a little bit further behind where you guys are at? Just some tips on networking to kind of help them navigate what is, you know, uh, sometimes a really anxiety filled um, moment for a lot of people. I think the starting point is, is show up. Yeah. Show up. And that doesn't mean always just in person. That's obviously the the simplest mm -hmm. answer on that is there, there are a bunch of meetings where you can be involved. Uh, you know, Sherry's been doing this for 10 years and it's a very established group, but there are a lot of niche groups that, that have different focuses and things you can be a part of. So there's plenty of meetings to, to go to that, but there's also a lot of virtual meetings. The, mm -hmm. Uh, there's a ton of good resources like a uh, bigger pockets, find the podcast again, like, like your podcast here and start with some of the basic education and then reach out to, 
for example, other people that are on it. We're part of several other groups, uh, obviously our own, but then where we hop on, they do like a capital meeting and they'll do similar training and, and it's virtual, but it's a great opportunity just to introduce yourself. The The great thing about this space is, especially with, uh, you know, the people and I guess investing side is everyone's really wanting to help each other. It's, it is that mm-hmm. epitome of the rising tide lifts all ships where if you're helping this group, there's going to be opportunities for them or some other people to help you with the deal. And, and it's just really just like she said, show up. Yes. And I would say two things. One, have your elevator speech ready. Even if you've mm-hmm. never done anything, if you, like you said, you're a little nervous, anxious about going, be prepared when you get there with what you want to say, because everyone is going to ask, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Even if that is nothing yet, I'm just here to learn. Well, know what that answer is. So you don't feel like you're put on the spot and, and don't have an answer, but have an elevator speech as to just, you know, I'm here to meet people, to network and to learn whatever I can learn. So whatever they want that to be, be prepared with that and to have a business card, even if it's your J-O-B card, but it has your name on it, your phone number, or even get the Blink app on your phone, but something that has your information because I have so many people that come to the event and they literally write on their the back of their name tag because mm-hmm. we do a drawing. So they're supposed to put their card in the bowl for the <laughs> drawing. And half of them are where they've written on the, where they've taken, peeled off their name tag and wrote their name on it. And I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. You people don't have a business card of any kind. How are you going to network if once you leave here, no one knows who you are or how to reach out to you? You know, or, and so you want other people to be able to collect your card, you collect theirs. And then to, it's, it's all about the follow up. Once you yeah. meet those people, Tomorrow, when you get, you know, sat down or whatever in the evening or whatever, after your work, make sure you send an email or a short text to those people. Take a picture Mm -hmm. with them while they're there and have them save it in their phone so that they remember who you are and that they did, in fact, meet you. So they can follow up, say, hey, it's great meeting you last night. I just wanted to follow up. This is so and so. It was great speaking with you. Hopefully we can get together soon. Yeah. or whatever, and and keep that follow-up, put them in some type of CRM. And I'll be honest, I'm terrible about a CRM. I write everything <laughs> down in a notebook, but even if it's a notebook, write notes down before you forget who they were and what they do, exactly. yeah. then you, know, you can keep up with them and then continue to follow up with them. You know, if you haven't heard back from them in a couple of weeks and send them another email or send them another text, hey, just you know, keep, keep in front of them in the mm-hmm. forefront, even if you're a newbie but you want to learn from this person. So one question I always like to ask, um, you know, people who've been in the game and are doing big things and it usually throws people for, for a loop. So hopefully I don't, I don't stump you guys too much. What is the number one myth that when you started going in, you thought, Oh, it's going to be like this. And then now that you're in it, it's nothing like that. Hmm. I would say just the making the money. You go to these events or you see these people on Facebook that are sitting in front of their Lamborghini Mm -hmm. and, you know, talking about all the money they're making and they post all day, every day. And I talk about them all the time because I'm like, I don't understand how they're making any money because they're just on Facebook all day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When do they have time to be making any money when they're just posting all this stuff all the time? So 
I think that a lot of people see that or they watch HGTV and think you can flip a house in a weekend and they go through and, and yeah, they have a little bit of problem. But at the end, we made one hundred and six thousand dollars off this flip onto the next mm -hmm. as if that's what you're going to make. And then, you know, you do your first flip. And like I said, you lose seventeen thousand dollars like, well, crap, that didn't go quite like I had planned. So I think there's a lot of things out there, whether it be on TV or on social media, that's a little. Mm. I, I think the one that is kind of in line with that is the amount of people that will talk about the, I did this project without any money, no money needed for this. Yeah. And, and the challenge is, yes, there are some deals you can get into with no money. There's not many. And Especially if, if you hadn't done it before, no one's going to trust you and yeah. give you their money. Right. And so, and I think that the problem is that what's good about real estate is you can leverage money and you can use less money than you would have say in another venture. But the idea of zero money transactions is certainly not as real as people would let on to believe. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely out there. I, I prefer to use the, the term other people's money because it's not, it's like no money down for you maybe, but somebody's money is in the deal. It's yeah, always exactly. somebody's money. They should call it, it uh, you know, somebody's money instead of no money. And, and I think, and to, to Sherry's point is anytime you're using other people's money in that case, are you going to trust somebody's money to do something if they don't have any experience? And it's okay if you don't have experience, but you're probably going to have to be more invested than, they have to know, like, and trust you. Certainly. Yeah. And there has to be a lot of that. Or the deal has to be just screaming hot where people will take a flyer on you. But even then, you know, if it's your first deal, you can probably, uh, you know, somehow find a way to make that thing not profitable. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. And I think that's where the networking events come in is like get educated a little bit. Yep. But at some point, your cup of education is full. The simulator must end. You must enter the real game. You have to go out there and buy something. And like you said, it's probably, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. The odds are something like seven, two and one, seven, you win, two, you break even and one, you're going to probably lose some or more or 10 grand or, or something. Yeah. Right. But over time, like, don't give up. And, you know, you guys didn't give up. You could have quit at, at 17K and said, wow, this is not for me. But here yeah. we are, and, you know. And that oddly wasn't wasn't our first deal. I guess the first one was the, the Virginia house. <laughs> yes, but I didn't know about that one. We didn't talk about that. But um, what's great about the networking group as well is even for newbies, like I said, just get out there and just do it. We have a lot of people there that are willing to partner with those people. And I didn't realize how much it was really happening actually until this uh, October's meeting. And there were two people at that event that were more seasoned investors that I found out have partnered with meeting people there at my event that were newbies and they were just getting their feet wet and they partnered with them to do a flip to help them learn. Now I do that with my clients, but I didn't realize that other people in the group were doing that. And so that's really fantastic. Our group is really well willing to help each other and help everybody grow together. They're all there. Again, if you're the, the more giving you are, the more service you provide, the more that that comes back to you. And I feel like we have a really heart centered group. Awesome. Awesome. Well, time flies when you're having fun here. And the, the big thing at the end of the show here is 
if people want to connect with you, find out more about either working with you, investing with you, connecting with you about the group, how do they find you? What should they do? So to two places. One is as uh, Aspire Realty Team uh, from a web standpoint, and also Gorilla Capital Partners is mm-hmm. uh, is our our vertical that we work with on syndications and uh, funds and kind of a broader type of deals. So and then- yeah, it's AspireRealtyTeam.com, GorillaCapitalPartners.com. And so you can find pretty much everything about us between those two websites. We have a lot more, but they usually have links uh, from those. And we have Facebook pages for all of our businesses as well. So they can also reach my office at 817-666-3336. Yeah, that's easy to remember. Well, um, I hope everyone got as much out of this as uh, as I did on this episode. I really appreciate you guys spending time. And um, yeah, we'll see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Great. Right. Thanks, Thank Bryce. Thank you.